0: Welcome into the Todd Pod episode number six. And joining me is an old friend of mine. We are one half of the fearsome foursome that used to be the writer's block way back when on the old WKYAM. He's Barry Trammell. Trammell, it's good to have you on the Todd Pod. It's good to be working with you again here at Sellout Crowd.
1: You know what? It, It seems hard to believe. That was 20 years ago we did the writer's block. And to come back full circle, it's just really cool. Um I'm not sure I've ever gone 20 years between working with somebody. This might be a personal record for me. It's pretty dang cool.
0: Well, there's both a lot more gray for both of us since the last time we worked together. Um, And you're going to have to learn my real name now, which is going to be strange for you. But you can still call me whatever you want
1: to. It's it's an internal struggle the whole time. I know what I'm supposed to say, (laughs) but I also know what I want to say. Uh, We'll see. The Todd Pod. Listen, the Todd Pod. That's a game changer. That's a cool name. You know, I'm sitting there. I'm so bummed out because my own show. I got an I got a name for it, but the uh, powers that be haven't haven't signed off. So I'm jealous of all you guys with a with a cool name.
0: Well, Barry, you and I could go back and forth for hours telling old writer's block tales. Uh, we could we could wax poetically for an hour or two just on how much we love Anchors Away. I still think it's the best fight song in all of college football. But <laughs> but we are talking about some college football scheduling. You wrote a piece at BarryTrammel.com and over on Sellout Crowd about how college football mismatches are now becoming the norm. And there are very few things that, I find myself kind of super interested in, uh, you know, that are off the beaten path as much as I do scheduling. I find scheduling to be fascinating, especially in a college football world that's constantly changing. And I guess I'll start with this. You know, you you've been doing this for a long time and you wrote this in your in your your article that you wrote. There's been a lot of change since the 70s, 80s, 90s on how non-conference is scheduled. How, how, in your opinion, what was it that got us to this point of now we're totally okay with every year an FCS team, a one A team, whatever you want to call them, coming in and getting their brains beat in by a, by a Power 5 opponent?
1: Well, it's two or three things have occurred, and one is, is uh, financial. Um, more and more stress was put on athletic departments to raise funds. The way you do that, the number one moneymaker is football home games. So a place like Oklahoma, which routinely would sign a series of home-and-home contracts with every non-conference opponent, sort of figured out sometime in the late 80s, maybe into the 90s, hey, we can just buy these home games, and it's going going to improve the budget. And after they did it once, and this is not just OU, this is everybody, but after they did it once, they thought, what if we do this twice a year? And now, of course... Uh, The SEC model is three times a year you do that, and some schools even have got it up to four times a year, so it's financial pressure. The other thing is cultural, and this is embedded in the coaches. Uh, The administrators have gone along with it, but the coaches have just come to expect, hey, my schedule includes a couple of exhibition games. It's literally like an NFL exhibition game. In the NFL, the results don't matter in the college the results are automatic except on rare occasions uh, so it's it's these both of these things have have occurred so like when we get to Bedlam and ou bolts for the sec and on the way out says hey we want to play we want to keep football alive we want to we want to play you i don't know if that's true i tend to think it's not true but at least they said it publicly and yet oklahoma state's natural response was well, we can't. We can't fit it into the schedule. We got all these non-conference games scheduled into the next decade, so there's no room for it. What do they mean? There's no room for it. They're playing. They're playing uh, this year. They're playing Central Arkansas and South Alabama. Of course, there's room for it. You just choose
0: not to play it. Well, I so. Do you think money is the biggest factor then? Because famously Bill Snyder played the very easy non-conference schedule and Kansas State had you know big win totals as he was re- kind of revamping that program. I know Mike Gundy has been very vocal about he would rather have an easier non-conference schedule than some of the ones he's had in the past. Is it? I guess my question is you would think money, I mean how much can you really make on a home game? Is it that big of a difference when we're talking about millions and millions of dollars in TV contracts? It's a lot of money. I mean, let's take OU. Uh, Let's discount student tickets.
1: Then the Sooners probably sell about 75,000 non-student tickets. Last I heard, I can't remember if it's 10,000, 9,000, 12,000, whatever it is on student tickets. Let's say they sell 75,000 tickets. Let's say they average, maybe they don't average 100, but they get more than 100 for some games. Just for my simple math mind, let's say they get $100 a ticket. Just add two zeros to 75,000. That's $7.5 million. Now, maybe that's a little exaggerated. Let's say it's $6.5 million. You take out whatever you're paying the fresh meat that comes into play. Let's say you're paying them a million. You're down to 5.5 million. Let's say uh, you got a million dollars in expenses. I doubt it's that, but let's say it is. That's $4.5 million. If you do that twice a year instead of once a year, or if you do that thrice a year instead of twice a year, that's $4.5 million. That's a significant amount of money. So that's a place like Stillwater where where the, the stadium seats 53, 55,000. You know, it's less than that, but it's still significant. That's why. That's where the financial pressure comes from, is it is a pretty good chunk of change.
0: We're going to talk a lot about how college football changes in 2024 because next year what we knew of college football is completely gone. It's a completely new sport with teams in different conferences with a 12-team playoff. But as we move forward, do you see a world where we separate the haves from the have-nots? Because you mentioned this, OU, OSU, and Tulsa all played – Arkansas schools that weren't Arkansas, Tulsa gets a little bit of a pass. They're at Washington this week. They're a mid-major type team. I got no problem with them putting Arkansas Pine Bluff on the schedule. And for the record, and you brought this up, Arkansas State's not an FCS school. Oklahoma has played them in the past and does have one next year on the schedule in Maine. But as we move towards 2024, do you see a world where the teams like Tulsa get phased out of college football?
1: Not anytime soon, you know, everybody's talking about an NFL type uh, configuration where thirty two or forty or whoever end up in a in a big in a big confederation like the NFL and just play amongst themselves. I actually don't see that for a couple of reasons. One is uh, the financial situation. You know, Auburn and Michigan and a few other schools, Clemson has done this quite a bit. They sometimes end up playing eight home games a year. Sooners have never done that, but seven occasionally or often. I if you if you go to a, a forty-team locked, you know, separated confederation, everybody's playing the same amount of home games, six. And I I don't know that they're ready to say okay, we'll we'll go ahead and uh, give that money up. I also don't think the coaches want it now. You don't have to listen to coaches. In fact, we shouldn't listen to coaches, but for some reason we do. Uh, Coaches want to, they want to play those teams. They want to play inferior opponents. They want to spend Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday talking to their players about competition and meeting the challenge. And then when it comes time to make the schedule, they don't want any competition and they don't want any challenge. So they're hypocrites, but... I think those are two barriers you really got to get over. Uh, Two things could could make uh, college football scheduling uh, change. One is the new playoff. If the college football playoff committee meets and decides they're really going to count strength of schedule, then that would sober up a people. You know, a few teams have scheduled serious competition going forward. Namely, Georgia, Florida, and Texas. Are the best three. Yeah, uh, yeah. And now, this was before all the recent realignment. We've seen it blow up a lot of schedules, so I'm anxious to see if they stick with it. Georgia, which you know, I have to salute Georgia's future schedule. Georgia ended up this year with a podunk schedule, one of the worst you can ever see. So we'll have to see. But the committee could hold people to the fire, and if they quit ranking teams based exclusively or primarily on how many losses they have, people will bolt, will beef up their schedule. The other things, the networks. The networks could end it like that. I mean, if the networks right. said, hey, SEC, we're going to pay you. Here's what we're paying you for your conference schedule. On the non-conference schedule, we uh, here's the contract. Uh, we are going to pay you this much for every game we pick up. But we don't have to pick up every game. If we don't want Alabama, Middle Tennessee – We're not going to pick it up if we don't want Mississippi State. uh, I don't know who they who they play Southeast Louisiana. That's who they played Saturday. We're not going to pick it up and they won't pick it up. And when that happens, Mississippi State's not going to play Southeastern Louisiana. They're going to play Tulane or they'll play Southern Miss or they'll play Iowa State or they'll play Virginia. They'll pick up some legitimate opponents. So the TVs and the playoff, that's who can apply the pressure. People like me and you, we can sit
0: here and rail about it all day. They don't care. They do not care. So I know that when Oklahoma decided they were going to the SEC, everyone came up with this great idea, have three yearly opponents, and then rotate, play a nine-game conference schedule. You play everybody once in, uh, what is it, I guess twice home and home in a four-year span, and – It just seemed like it was easy. It was ready-made, and that didn't happen. Next year, Oklahoma State's in a 16-team Big 12. It has not been determined yet what they're going to play conference schedule-wise next season or how that's going to be split up. You mentioned Georgia. There's a year in the future, I think 2028, where they've got Texas and Clemson on their non-conference schedule. They're not keeping those two teams on the non-conference if they're playing a nine-game conference schedule. So, I guess my question to you is, and this, it's a loaded question because we don't know what the Big 10 or the Big 12 is going to do, and I don't think we're 100% sure what the SEC is going to do. But for OSU and for OU, how different does non conference scheduling look for them in the future in their different conferences?
1: Well, it, it, it goes back to what you talked about the nine or the eight game model. I think we're going to get to nine in both conferences. For one thing, the, the Big 12 historically has been at nine. And I don't know, you know, they've they become fairly attached to their network partners. Fox and ESPN, um, you know, walked away from the Pac-12 uh, and and said, here's the offer to the Big 12, and the Big 12 gladly signed it. The Big 12 now is standing strong, and the Pac-12 has gone. So they're they're tied at the hip, and clearly the the networks want more conference games because that assures good scheduling. You know. The difference between conference and non-conference schedule, I guess everybody knows this, but you make your own non-conference. play, right. whatever, right. whatever you want. You got – all you can do is suggest things on the conference schedule. You know, it's just – in the NFL, nobody's – you know, the, the Steelers aren't calling the New York office and saying, eh, you know what, We you know, this is who we want to play and when we want to play them." They get laughed off the phone. So I think what we'll see with uh, the conferences is I think – They'll get to nine. I think the Big 12 will stay at nine. I think the SEC will get to nine. Greg Sankey wants it. And then I would assume that for now, at least, both leagues will, will sort of settle in to what has been the Big 12 model. One, legitimate opponent per school, and then two, not so legitimate opponents per school. And you'll have some outliers. I mean, I think you'll have West Virginia, for instance, has been playing two good non-conference games. Mountaineers, I love you. Um, occasionally it's happened with the Sooners. Oh, you played Houston and Ohio State in 16. Um, so sometimes you know it happens, but I think what we'll probably end up seeing is the big 12 the current big 12 model embraced by the SEC. and we'll go to that that three team pod. I think I think we'd probably be there already if Alabama, wasn't being sent uh, to LSU, Auburn, and Tennessee. Um, Nick Saban said, "Hey, that ain't fair." And you know what? He's right. You know, just because you know it's it's what uh, Hawkeye said about Frank Burns on Mash. Don't you hate it when he's right? Don't you hate it when <laughs> when Nick Saban is right? So I, uh, you know, I think I think we'll get to nine though. The eight ESPN owns uh, the SEC contract. They don't want three rum dum games. Per school, they don't want to see, you know, Tennessee playing Austin P and Arkansas playing Western Carolina. Nobody except the hardcores wants to watch that. The hardcores of that particular school.
0: Well, I know. Um, so, as we move forward with the n- possible nine game schedule in the SEC, um, are we ever gonna? Are we? Are we just now? Is twelve games the norm? Are we ever gonna pull back from that with more playoff games? Um, it's been. It's been kind of a running joke. I know Pat Jones says for years, what, do you think they don't care about education in Division Two Because they play 16 games. So you really can't use education as the reason why, you know, they're not playing more games. But are we past a regular season being 11 games? Is 12 games the new norm? Yeah, we're, I don't think we're going to go back. Um, there was a time, I don't know, four or five years ago,
1: you'll remember this, when the safety issue was really big. Um not mm-hmm. in too many games, but the head injury and the concussion and CTE and all that stuff. So, um, there were a lot of, of important people, influential people, decision making people, who said we can't expand the season much. And that was one of the arguments against a playoff. And frankly, it's a legitimate, it's a legitimate point. But what we've seen the last two or three years is the player empowerment, the NIL. The freedom to transfer—it's become a lot more of a business for the players. And when that happened, it came at a cost to the players, which is this: the schools don't really care uh, about your safety. They don't really care if you're going to play 15 games. You know, the uh, this is a little bit crude, but you know, your future is uh, not their concern anymore. If you're a sophomore tailback or, you know, or a freshman linebacker, hey, we want this guy to play for us two or three years. We don't we don't want to get him beat up. Now you have no idea if he's going to be here in January. So it's become much more of an NFL-style business. The NFL was really concerned about about uh, the head injuries and the CTE and the concussions and all that. And then three years ago, they went to a 17-game schedule. So, right, right, yeah. right. So I, they don't the the health was what's really, I thought, was keeping down the idea of an expanded playoff. Uh, and I don't, I don't think we're going back to expand the playoff. I don't think we're going to drop to 11 games. And part of that is just strictly financial for the reasons we talked about, how much home games bring in.
0: So we talked about um, the 12-team playoff and how it looks moving forward. And you mentioned how coaches now, Basically, say because of how tough conferences are, and conferences are just getting tougher and tougher, and because of how hard it is to make right now a fourteen playoff, and let's let's not joke. I mean, it's going to be hard to make a twelve team playoff too. You talked about how coaches like the built in bye week, if you want to call it, uh, basically scrimmages. I have a problem personally with these scrimmages being in October and November, which is the SEC model. You know, the schedule has not come out with all the dates for next year. Is that what you feel like Oklahoma's going to do with Maine? Is it going to be one of those October-November FCS games that's smashed in? Joe Castiglione says no. Now, what happened with Maine
1: is uh, Maine agreed to a contract with OU that is flexible. Maine is willing to adjust their schedule to fit it in where Oklahoma needs it. The Sooners... Don't know when the uh, SEC schedule will be released or what it will look like in terms of dates. OU wants you know certain they certainly don't want two open dates in a row. They don't want uh, they don't want to play uh, a series of heavyweights in a row. They would like they would like to be able to, to fit in. Uh, for instance, maybe if if they get a, ch- a shot at an off week before Alabama, maybe they could take it. Maine has agreed to play ball with them. Um, it sounds like, I, you know, I thought the same thing you thought. Is this mean OU is going to go with the SEC deal? Which is not all the SEC. It's about five or six schools play one double-A games the Saturday before Thanksgiving, usually. Joe- it's just so jarring because it happens all at once, yeah. and it's out of nowhere. I mean, yeah, Murray State's playing Kentucky or, you know, or uh, who? Uh, Northwestern. The Citadel, Alabama. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's 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 not watchable football. Joe C says that will not happen. That's not the OU model. But the truth is, OU has joined the SEC and they're following the SEC model, and it very well could happen. I don't know that it'll be an annual thing, but I do think it's possible. Um, it's basically just a reason not to pay attention to that team that day is, is really what it amounts to nothing. You know, what galls me the most pork is when ESPN shows highlights that Saturday and they'll go to Alabama Mercer or whoever, and they'll pretend it's a real game and they'll tell you the for right. Brant young and all that stuff. But it does not mean anything. It's just, it's completely hollow information. Um, so, you know, I, I it's in, until people stand up, and that includes media networks, um, administrators. We need a lot more people standing up and saying, "Hey, this ain't right."
0: Well, and part of it too is, like you said, you've got these other programs who the Citadel's not going to stand up that funds their entire athletic program right. for an entire year. You know, they they love this situation. They love the money game, so. Uh, we'll see. I do think with the twelve-team playoff, maybe it will get a little better. I have a couple of questions for you before we get done here. One's procedural. I have to know because our producer's name is Jacqueline. I figured she would be Jacko. Why is Jenny Carlson Jacko? Where did that come from?
1: Jenny Carlson is. I call her Jacko for Jackie Onassis, the international symbol of of grace, beauty, and charm. It has nothing okay, to okay. do. It has nothing to do with the sunglasses that have lenses the size of trash can lids. nothing whatsoever
0: <laughs> does she uh, does she have that pink outfit? That was a good unfortunately that outfit got ruined, but that was a great outfit that Jackie O wore. You're talking to a guy Barry. I don't know if you know this or not. I have very some very weird fascinations. I bet I've listened to 500 hours of podcasts about the JFK assassination. Really? Well yes. so what's
1: your you're a lot more in tune than I am. So what do you think? Conspiracy? I, I, or think, not?
0: Lee I think Lee Harvey Oswald did it, you think truthfully. Just a solo deal.
1: Mm-hmm. It's hard to keep a secret. You know what I mean? It is. We're, it we is. live in America. This well, is well, not, heck, this not Red China. You know.
0: Heck, selloutcrowd.com got out to people yeah, before yeah, we know. planned on it getting out, I you see, know.
1: Exact same thing when people talk about like the Big Twelve is is out to screw OU in Texas this year or last year? Right. We'll be officiating? You know, people lose their brains. This is this is a business. This is a business. <laughs> if if the Big Twelve were to uh, commission its refs to fix games, look at the risk reward. Risk reward. You're gonna feel good if OU in Texas have bad years. How you gonna feel if that story breaks and you're you're found out to be a fraud? Your business is shot. You're out of business. It's not worth the risk. These are businessmen. They don't make stupid decisions.
0: Now, I have to ask you, Barry, before we go, because you love Norman. You love game days in Norman. You always have. You love the pomp and circumstance. You love game days in Stillwater. You always have. But you love a good road trip. And OU and OSU playing six, seven home games a year takes away good road trips for you. Now, you're going to get a lot of new ones in the next few years. You're getting one of a future Big 12 opponent in Arizona. Have you been to Tempe before? I've been to Tempe. I've not been to an Arizona State football game. I've been to a okay. couple of bowl games Super bowl? at Sun
1: Devil Stadium.
0: Bowl games. Yeah, the Sooners okay.
1: and the Cowboys both played. uh you played Indiana there, and I forgot what they were calling the bowl at that time. And you played Iowa. um
0: Okay, yeah. that was the Cheez-It Bowl, I think, the original Cheez-It Bowl. Yeah,
1: maybe so. If I'm not
0: mistaken. Maybe, or maybe so. Insight.com. Insight, insight, insight com, Bowl for is OU.
1: Bowl. Yeah. It might have been Insight for OU, it, Insight.com for OSU. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so, the so this
0: is your first Arizona State home game experience. Right. While While I know you would be like the only guy that I know that would probably find a way of enjoying a trip last week to Jonesboro, to watch OU play Arkansas State. You ever been State. to Jonesboro? Um, I haven't. I asked Pat Jones about it once, and his he said I can describe Jonesboro to you in one word, and he used an F word before it, but then he said bleak. <laughs> so I don't know how you feel well, about Jonesboro. I've been
1: there for a basketball <laughs> game. I went there in I think it might have been December of nineteen ninety two, maybe. Okay, or maybe it was December of nineteen ninety five. Is either after Eddie's. Great ninety two season or great ninety five season? I think it was ninety five, December of ninety-five. First first week or two without Bryant Reeves. I actually flew to Memphis, drove up to Jonesboro, covered OSU basketball, and Arkansas State, the then the Indians, beat the Cowboys. So um I've never seen it in the daylight because by the time I got there, you know, it was the shortest day of the year almost. Um I would have, I would, but I would like. I like going to places. Been to Troy for a game. Haven't been to Arkansas State for football, but I've been to Troy.
0: So, what are the what are the SEC places that you haven't been to that you're looking forward to, or just in general, if you could pick some college football games to cover, what's on your bucket list?
1: Army Navy number one. Uh, Anybody
0: anchors away.
1: Anybody anchors away. Anybody at Army number two. Anybody at Navy, number three. Now, past that, uh, I've not been to a game at Michigan. I would like to go. I have not been to a game at um, Florida. I'm not sure if I want to go or not, but I think I would enjoy it. Not been to oh you
0: at Michigan in 25, yes, right? Is that to correct? Go, have
1: to Michigan soon. That's exactly right. Um, I've been lucky enough to go to. Ohio State and Notre Dame. You know where I've never been? And I really, I don't know if I want to go. It's Penn State. It is so hard to get to. Um, But maybe it'd be all right. You just stay in Harrisburg and make the long drive and, you know, go early and and leave well after the game. You won't have to fight too much traffic. But um, I got to go to Boise. I was very happy to get to go to Boise. Wasn't sure if I was ever, oh, you know, I'm really looking forward to going to Brigham Young going this November. Really looking forward to going to Brigham Young. And I think I'm going to enjoy going to Utah. The Utes, of course, are coming into the uh, into the conference. Uh, I'm not looking forward to going to Auburn. Really hard to get to. Um, looking forward to Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss will be fun. I'm now, didn't you go to old? Didn't you go to Old Miss and do a story on Eli Manning? I did Go to Ole Miss. That's right. In two thousand and three, I certainly did, and I think we were doing the show at the time. I think we were, yes. Uh, but I didn't. I was there in the middle of the week, you know, between the regular season finale and the bowl game. But those are some of the places I'd like to go. I've uh, I've not been to Clemson. I'd like to do that. North Carolina. Hey, that Duke game. That looked like a beautiful place last night. I need to. Have you ever been to that I've campus? Never been to, well, I've driven past it 40 years ago before Duke was Duke. But I'd like to go to a football game there. Yeah, no doubt about it.
0: I went on vacation there a couple of years ago, and we drove around both campuses. And North Carolina's campus is just amazing. I, I right. think you would love North Carolina. And, they're, and they are literally three miles yeah, from each other. I mean, it's just a hop, skip, and a yeah. jump. Yeah. Well, Barry, I always love talking to you, and uh, hopefully – here pretty soon, you find some Fong's Pizza-type places along the way in the new SEC and some of your new locations. Uh, rapid Fire, real quick. You I'm ready? ready? I'm going to give you a town. You tell me the best restaurant, okay? okay? Ames, Iowa. Uh, well, in Ames, it's Hickory Park Barbecue, but I like Fong's Pizza down in Des Moines. Okay, we'll just say on the Iowa State okay. trip. How about if you're headed to the Kansas State trip? Kansas State, anywhere
1: on Aggie, in Aggieville. They got the best campus corner, strip type place. It's like a four square block. It blows away anything you've ever seen. It's just an unbelievable student uh, commercial district. Any place you walk into is great.
0: And finally, we got to end with your favorite place. You're the only person I think on planet Earth that loves this place. Lubbock, Texas.
1: Well, since we work together, I've soured on Lubbock, Pork. Oh no, I soured on Lubbock. They hi- they uh, jack up the hotel prices. It's ridiculous. We hardly ever stay in Lubbock anymore. We just stay in Amarillo. Uh it's just uh I love uh oh I love the uh, steakhouse out west of town. What's the name of it? Oh, Lord, oh crap, I'm not gonna even remember the name of the place in uh in uh Lubbock, great old West Steakhouse. Oh, somebody will have to email me and ask me. But that just goes to show you, I hardly ever go to Lubbock anymore. We just drive in for the game, drive back to Amarillo. Price gouging
0: yet? with the hotels. You scouted out Tempe yet for any good places? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, I got a couple from Fiesta Bowl days. Uh, we'll see if somebody wants to go down there with me. Uh, but my favorite joint in Scottsdale, uh, the Italian Grotto, went out of business after like 50 years. That's my favorite place, but we'll find a new one.
0: Well, I'll give you a game plan. Take those rail-thin Hutchins brothers with you. Get them a lot of food. <laughs> they won't be able to eat much of it, and then you okay. get some take-home back cool to the leftovers. hotel. That's exactly right. <laughs> Barry, I appreciate it. We'll talk soon. It really is a pleasure to be working hey, with you again. Work. I'm looking, forward, I'm looking to
1: forward, it. forward to it.
0: All right. Thanks for listening. Be sure and subscribe on YouTube, on iTunes, on Spotify. Give us a like, a five-star rating, and check out all the Barry stuff at selloutcrowd.com, at barrytrammell.com, or on social media at barrytrammell. Thanks for listening to episode six of the Todd Pod. We'll talk to you next time.